morning that I think will be just on time. Praise God. Woo-hoo. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen. John 16, I want to talk to you this morning about something that is absolutely applicable. And thank you, Melissa, for doing that this morning, by the way. I appreciate that. That's instant in season. Praise God. You know, uh, our, our, our vision here at River Church you need to know this because if you just if you just walk into this church and look around and, and don't know this, you'll say this is a failure. This is not working. But our vision is to get to a place that we are pulsing with the life of God and that any one of us at any time could do any part of anything that involves the kingdom. That I could call Madison, I could call Justin, I call Kathleen and say, I need you. And it's 15 till, till 9 or 15 till 10 and say, I need you to be in the pulpit this morning. And they just, without hesitation, would just say, sure. Been working on it all week. And you go, that's, that's scary. You know, I'm not answering the phone when, you, when your name comes up. <laughs> I get it. Hallelujah. But that is the dream that we are all activated, no longer spectators but activators, amen, that uh, uh, I, I tell you, uh, cast, the, cast the devil out of a man this week with stage four cancer, and his wife called me the next uh, morning and said, they, t- they said they weren't even going to resuscitate him, and now he's up, got his, he's eating, he's laughing, he's carrying on, just and you know you just got to be ready here's the key here's the key it'll take you all your life to get ready for one moment of time you can't say you know one moment that's not enough i'm not going to study and 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 uh, deny myself and train myself and all that for just one person somebody did for you there's no telling what it took to get somebody in a position to to fish you and me out and uh and we're not even near done cuz every time we win we're able to win better. And so our life is a life of, uh, of, of it coming in so it can come out. The, Genesis says it this way. You're blessed to be a blessing. Not just blessed to be blessed. And so this we're on this. And so it doesn't matter. Jesus had 12. It doesn't matter how many's here. It does not matter. Because most of the time, let me, just, let me just digress here a little bit. Most of the time, the masses... You got a big crowd, but they're not getting anything. And unless there's a transfer, a transaction, it really doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter that you gathered. It doesn't matter that you this or that or the other. All that matters is the transaction. What happened? Amen. So uh, I want to give testimony this morning because I my favorite subject in the kingdom is after getting people born again is talking about that there's always a way to win. I just, I find myself, that's the theme of everything I think about, is how, where is the path? Because there's always a path. There's always a way to win. No matter how terrible and, and forlorn it looks and how deep it's gone and how terrible it looks, I just believe, I just know there's always a way to win. In Jesus, of course. Always. And people don't know that. And we talked about hope this morning, uh, uh, just in prayer this morning, we talked about hope, and then Eric talked about hope. We just, 
there's always a way out. Is it is it available? Is does it? Can you see it? Is is it uh, shining? Nope. Going to have to be still and know that he's God. Going to have to have going to have to settle down and find it inside because it's not outside. And I just I have a personal testimony, me and Debbie, of always winning. You cannot know unless we just start digging it out and telling you the impossibilities that we've been through to be here. And, you know, it looks like, okay, so what? You're here and this is it. This is not even, this is just the beginning of all that's here. I'm Come Wednesday, because I think we're going to have some uh, amazing things to tell you that uh, have uh, that are ongoing but i'm i'm telling you i'm laying hands on people now and vile things are leaving them stage four things are going no credit to me but i'm just saying it's just now just now paying off we debbie and i have only lost one church member in 37 years and that was our first secretary terry bingham and i'm telling you we just didn't know enough we just didn't know enough there was a lot of things going on, and we just didn't know enough. And we lost her, um, never lost a member since. I've lost some people that are not in the church, and I go and pray for them, and, I'm, and, and I get them up, but they just, they, just weren't, they just didn't know enough soon enough. They were all stage four, and, uh, and I, I really believed, and that's how you should, that they would recover. But I'm just saying, if you'll stay here, You'll be strong enough to not only live and not die, but you'll cause somebody else to live and not die. And when you bottom line your life, when you get to the end of everything and you go, was my life worth living? That will be the mark. It won't be how many birthdays you went to or how many, you know, uh, Mount Everest you climbed and all of that. It'll be what did you do for somebody? That's what's going to satisfy you inside uh, the, the call of God. So, um, uh I was thinking about being a prepper this morning. Now, I've never watched one of those prepper shows, but I do. I have seen their deals, and I, and I know there's a lot of preppers in America. They got more food under in their basement than 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 uh, Publix does any given day. Publix doesn't have it. Go over to the preppers' house. They got it in wholesale lots. But that's what we are, family. We're preppers. We're prepping. It's not for today, but nobody's saying we need this food in our basement or we need this kerosene. They're all prepping for a day. Now, it's a negative prep for them. They think the world's going to come to an end. And, you know, if, if, it, if it does in some dimension, we'll just be ready for it in everything. We'll multi If you'll just save one can of tomatoes, you can multiply it for 40 days and 40 nights. Then somebody will give you some macaroni and you can use, you know, we are just without end, according to the word. We can just multiply it. If you can just find a fish and a loaf, you're like, oh, we're, we're good. A little dab of manna, we're good. 40 years in the wilderness, we're good. You want to do better than manna? Well, you know, get some quail to come in. I'm just saying, we can't be put in a bad spot. Challenging, yes, but if you're ready, it's not even challenging. Things that SEAL 6, you know, the, the SEAL teams do and the, all that would be impossible for you and us, phys you and me physically, but uh, 
it's not hard for them. They just do that stuff. Amen. So John 16, 33, here's what the Lord Jesus says. These things I've spoken to you. So we'd have to go up there and look at what he spoke to him. But he's just telling them it's all going to be OK uh, in that me that in me, you might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's my verse right there. That's all of our verses is that there's always a way to win. There's always going to be trouble. There's always going to be something in front of your, your, your finish line. But around the corner or behind this or that, there's always a way to win. Um, I'm going to give you some. I've never done this before, and I hesitate to do it now. But I'm going to just see how this goes. I'm going to give you something extremely negative to, uh, to build a contrast to what the Lord's given me. I'm going to talk about the United States cancer survival rates in 2017. This is not us, but I'm talking about this is our culture, our society. This is what the world's facing. This is why I want you to be a prepper. Okay, now it's time to say amen. I want you to be a prepper. Because in the USA, 39.6, so let's say 40%, that's 4 out of 10 people, will diagnose cancer positive in their lifetime. 40%. It's staggering. And this is not talking about heart disease and, and cerebral palsy and, and uh, mu muscular dystrophy and, and all the other things. This is just talking about cancer. And um, uh, there's uh, male and female, there's a, there's a little bit of disparity, but there's 10 kinds of cancers that uh, are the most prevalent. But if you add them all up, in a lifetime, they say 40% of Americans. In males, 41% um, will develop, so it's higher for men, uh, will develop cancer in their lifetime, and 22% will not survive. So they had, Cancer Society has not got it licked. Would you all agree? And if you do win, it's because you went through a rigor. And it cost a lot of people a lot of time and energy to get someone through the cancer process. Are we in agreement here? Just uh, I know this is negative, but I've got to point to it on the other side. Females, it's just 37.5%. And I say just uh, tongue-in-cheek. And 19%, uh, a fifth of them, will not survive. In the USA, 1,685,000. 1,600,000, so 1.5 million out of 320 million this year will develop cancer, will have a symptom. And of those, 595,000 will not survive. So we're talking about the city of Milwaukee or the city of St. Louis. Just if everybody that got cancer and did not survive were, were put in that city, that city would be gone. These are staggering statistics, and this is just cancer. Uh, it's not even the most deadly thing that happens to Americans. In Alabama, 10,430 Alabamians will face cancer brand new this year. That's one every 19 minutes. So we have a mission field right here. We have a mission field, and when we talk about hope, and that's what this is about, lots of people are smitten by this news. Because they've got some sort of, uh, of, of, of uh, 
statistic that says it's going to be hard to win. Now, that's as sobering as you're going to ever hear. Hallelujah. So I said that at the beginning so I can take 15 more minutes and, and <laughs> be of good cheer. I have overcome survival rates in the world. Praise God. Be of good cheer. 10,450 people in Alabama, you don't have to die. You don't have to go down. Uh, there is a way. There's always a way to win. But if you don't know God, if you just go in the sense of just going in, that is what you're facing. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 19, if you would. Matthew chapter 19. Whew, I'm glad he's over that. Praise God. Alabama, Alabama is one of the worst rates for survival. Apparently, we have obesity and smoking and uh, uh, drug use. I don't know what all. There was a lot of things in there that says they're a little higher in Alabama than in some other states. There's a, there's a little tongue of Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana that goes up into uh, uh, Tennessee and uh, Arkansas uh, there's a little there's a little wedge in the United States where we uh, we don't we don't live naturally speaking as good as we could. It says in chapter 19, the Lord Jesus says in verse 26, "Ho, oh, hallelujah!" Jesus beheld them and said unto them, "Let's read it together right here. Read it with me. With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible." Let's read it again. With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Now, my word to you this morning, family, and you are my beloved family, and I, I mean that wholeheartedly. Uh, I'm not just throwing cliches out there. We are family, and we must tell family the truth. But we should believe this verse before we need this verse. Because we all can say, oh, yeah, with God, nothing's impossible. Matter of fact, Luke one thirty seven, where the, uh, uh, the angel appeared to the Virgin Mary, uh, he said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. In Luke 18.27, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So here we have, uh, what, three verses that just says, there's always a way to win. In God, there's always a way to win. Oh, that's the message we got to tell. After you get born again, after you're born again, there's it's not over. It's not like, but I'm going through hell before I get to heaven. Nope, there's always a way to win. And we must live it now that we're heaven bound. But um, uh, um, with uh, we got to be a prepper. That was it. We got to be a prep. Uh, you got to, the things that are impossible, those are easy to say when nothing's going on that's impossible. Sure, there's challenges, there's tribulation, there's pressure. All of us have that. There's nobody, no matter what stage of life you're in, that wakes up and says, everything is going perfect today. You just hadn't looked out the window or turned on the news or, or your wife hadn't talked to you yet. But as soon as any of those three things happen, you're, you'll find out, ah, my perfect day is not so, so good. But when these things happen, the impossible comes. It's challenging to say, but with God, all things are possible. Because we look at the impossible with such an abstract or a total view of that really is impossible. How could God turn this around? When we say impossible, we mean that there is no n visible or knowledgeable way to see the end of this. 
And here's my testimony. I said it. Debbie and I have been through stuff that there was no way out. Right now at River Church, we're, we're in one of those where you go, there is no way that we can do this. I was talking to my good friend, Pastor West, last night. And, um, uh, you know, because uh, we had 31 on uh, Resurrection Day last week. We had 31 in the house. And, you know, you, uh, you, you laugh about it to other pastors because it's like, wow, you know. Ka-ching, 31. Uh, you say, woo-hoo, we were over the top. And you have to get to a certain place in your ministry and in your life where you go, 31, yes, knocked it down. And when at one time you would go, all is lost. Woe is me. It's over. Just had 31. And it's like, ah. And, and, and here's the key is that uh, uh, if you're on mission, if you're if you're if you're if you're winning, it doesn't matter. And the Lord got on to me this year at the beginning of this year, and uh, talked to me about the sin of numbering. Y'all know where the Bible says back there when uh, David, I believe it was David, he said, "Go count and see how many we have," because they were overwhelmed by this army that was coming. And he told his chief, uh, his chief guy. I don't remember the details on it, but he said, go out and count them. And the Lord was very wroth with David and said, you know, if you had 68 times more than them, could you necessarily win? And uh, if it was just you and Gideon, if it was just Gideon with his 200, and he smote the Midianites, and you know, there's story after story, David and Goliath being one of them. It has nothing to do with anything. Amen. And you need to know this for your life. It doesn't matter that you don't have any money. And it doesn't matter that you don't know anybody. There's always a way to win. All things are possible with God. And yeah, conventionally you would, but I'm, I'm going to show you this morning that really having a lot of help, physically and naturally speaking, could be your undoing. It's often better to be without natural hope and only have God to get you through that that fence straddling is very dangerous. <laughs> It'll get you in trouble every time. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you would. Always a way to win. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. I've beat the system. I've overcome it. And you don't have to because I did. Takes a lot of pressure off, y'all. When the diagnosis, 39.5% of, of all Americans... Will uh, will hear those words in their lifetime? That's a staggering statistic. I mean, if that was the only thing you had to face in your whole future that you had to face, you'd be you'd be overwhelmed. But like I said, it's just that's just cancer. That's just one little thing, and uh, we got to beat that in these days with no diagnosis, no troubles. We have to put it on now so no matter what anybody says to us about our children, about our job, about our, uh, our bodies or whatever, we never. If you're going to help people, you got to not flinch. And you got to take on some of their stuff, like, uh, like some people that I'm standing with concerning some terrible things, stage four things. you got to be in with them in such a way that you don't take the care of it on, 
but you just are in there like, I'm here for you because Jesus is here for you. But really then not take the care of it on because you've already solved it. It says 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at this. Are you all okay this morning? All right. Well, we're going to do it. Verse 1 says, it is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Let's point to ourselves and say that second part. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. One more time. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. You know, that's a marvelous confession. That's a marvelous future. And then he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. And we know the story that he, uh, it was him. And in verse 7, he goes on to say, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. There was given or assigned to me a thorn in the flesh. Well, what's that? Well, he says, the messenger of Satan. So we know what it was. We don't have to say, was it this or that? It tells us. It's a demon to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Lest I should buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. So you see an action and a reaction in the spirit realm. Verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Um, one more. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions. Look, that word is pleasure. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Now, we need to know this relationship between trouble. In the world, you'll have tribulation. And be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. You need to know, how to, how, you need to know what's going on really behind the scenes. Now, the world just sees trouble. And they see this is hard. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm doomed. But we as Christians, believers, we need to know what's really going on here. How is this going to play out? Is this thing that's come to me, this distress, this persecution, is it going to change me? How am I going to win in this? Now, hold your finger there, if you would, because we want to come back and turn to Mark chapter 5. You know, this is, this is how I, I like to look at the Word, is I like to find out why things happen, what is going on, so that no matter what comes, I know how to face it. And it says in Mark chapter five, 4, excuse me, I said 5, I mean 4. Uh, Jesus, the Lord Jesus, is giving the, the parable of the sower. And then he explains it in verse 13. He said, uh, know ye not this parable? And then he said, he explains the parable. He said, the sower soweth the word. Well, in the parable, he said, the sower sows seed. He explains the seed and says, it's the word. The word. Are you all there? The sower soweth the word. Then he said, he explains what happens 
four different things after the sower sows the word into yours and my heart. He said, number one, verse 15, these are they. So there's a portion or a part of everybody where the word is sown in them. This is what happens. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard Satan, I'm talking about the big dog, the the main thing of darkness cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, y'all, this is just this is how the kingdom works. The Lord Jesus explained this is what's happening behind the scenes. This is how it's always going down. When Paul got a revelation, he was caught up into third heaven, and he said, a thorn in the flesh was given unto me, a messenger of Satan. Jesus had already explained it here in chapter 5, 4. He said, the sower sows the word. Paul, you heard things that are not lawful for man. I need you to write the New Testament. I need you to lay down for the kingdom, the kingdom principles, the laws. And he said, wow, God, I'm glad to do it, but you ought to hear what happened after I started getting this revelation. You ought to seen what was sent out to stop my advance. A, a demon, a spiritual force came and assaulted me. And Jesus said, well, he came because he always comes to anyone that has had the word sown into their life. Point yourself and say, that's me. Is the word being sown into your life? Yeah. Now, some people just have trouble because they're of their flesh. They sow and reap sin, and they reap sin. There's the curse in the world. They, You know, the devil's not coming after them. They're self-inflicting. They're saying, I'm poor. I'm, I'm no good. I'm condemned. I'll never amount to anything. They're saying that, and they're having that. He doesn't have to bring hell. They're, they're bringing it themselves. But when you and I have trouble, children of the Most High God, there is a there is a plan that has been executed. There is, a, there is a procedure and a protocol that has been enacted as soon as the word has been sown in your heart. For every action, there is a reaction. Hell dispatches. Uh, you know, uh, right now they're saying that Russia for four days has been sending two big boy bombers next to uh, Alaska. And we've had to go up and meet them with F-22s. Meet them. And, and run with them along there. And, and we always will. If Russia or China or anybody, Fiji, if Fiji sends a bomber up there, <laughs> Samoa, we're going to meet them with F-22s, and everything in Alaska was turning and aiming towards this thing. It wasn't like whatever. It was like they were going to do something, and we were going to be ready. We weren't going to say, doggone, I forgot about uh, uh, Pearl Harbor. And so when the devil, when the word is sown in our heart, he launches. It, there's an action, and there's a reaction. And if you just think this is the world, like I'm just due to doing along, you don't know the blood covenant. You don't know the power of the word. You don't know heaven's domain over you to say, I am here to always make you win. But the devil is going to bring trouble in the world. You, you believers will have tribulation, but it's okay. We've launched some F-22s and, and everything they got, we got more. It's okay. So you got that. So, uh, 
this uh, this verse says, when they have heard, listen to what the word really means there in the Greek. When the, It says, when they have heard, it means to give ear. As soon as you and I give ear. Now, if you're sleeping in the pew or you're, you know, whatever, you, you're safe. There's nobody coming after you because you're just like, you know, it's not happening. But if you give the ear, that's the word, Satan cometh. The word cometh there is an interesting word. It means comes next. So there's a, there's a trip like that uh, Goldstein uh, thing where the ball drops and it kicks the shoe and the candle lights and all that, those things. It's just like that. It's just like when, when the word is sown, when you give the ear, the devil says, you over there, demon number 634, do it. He's, he's dispatched, and trouble comes. Tribulation comes. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, when, when Satan cometh, immediately and taketh away. The word there, <laughs> it's so cool, the, this Greek. It means the action to keep the mind in suspense. I, I totally identify with tribulation coming, like, I'm doing kingdom, I'm doing family, I'm doing, you know, things I'm supposed to be doing. And then there's this interruption that tries to get my mind in suspense. What's this? What's it going to cost? What should I do? What should, what is this? Is that right? It says, uh, um, where am I? Praise God. Um, to keep the mind in suspense, to make to doubt, to lift up and carry away, to remove. So immediately the devil comes to remove the seed that was sown in your heart. Uh, and, and, and that word uh, sown is the word planted loosely. So you can tell when the word is sown, the first time you hear something, you go, oh, yeah, it's sown loosely. Now, try to talk us out of going to heaven. That's not a loose word. Like, oh, you never can tell. No, we got that word. We're going to heaven. We got it down deep. We know we who we are. It's not, he's not going to be able to find that on the wayside. But some words, when you first hear them, like, wow, you mean, like Eric was saying this morning, you mean I'm not under the law? I'm not condemned? Oh, I'm going to have to think on that a little bit. He's coming to steal that word out of you. Like, oh, you are under the law. You, you are condemned. You didn't give very much last week. Boom, you are. You're on the slow side of God. You go, that, where'd that thought come from? Satan come immediately to sow just suspicion about the word that's been sown into your life. Uh, one thing that we know about this is in Genesis, where, where when, when the devil came to Eve, what did he say? Here's what he said. Hath God said? Remember that? That's exactly his M.O. Ah, God didn't mean that. Eric was just off, you know, and, you know, that book you read, and that, that doesn't mean that. So suspicion about that. So if the devil can steal the word out of you, he doesn't have to steal anything else because the word is the only life there is. There is no life apart from the Word. Thank you very much. Praise God. It's the basis of life, the Word of God. You don't have any Word in you. It doesn't matter much else what you do or have. You aren't going to do anything without the Word. You're not going to do it. 
If you can steal the word, put you in discord, you never know, I don't understand, I don't get it, you're never going to release faith, you're never going to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness, you're good as far as the devil's concerned. It's called religion. Just we're all full of God, we're all full of knowing, we meet every week and sing the songs and, and do that, but we, we are in complete array disarray we don't know anything we don't know what we believe we're not sure about anything the devil says i don't i'm just going to let y'all slug it out you're doing my business yourself and he doesn't have to do anything here i noticed though now here's something the ground could not defend itself against the thief are you and i the ground that the word is sown into the ground has got to be able to defend the thief that thing about going to heaven, it's down inside of me. He could not get that out. I can defend that uh, I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. I can defend that, and no, nothing, no weapon he forms against me will prosper on that. But he's going he's to challenge everything, especially when we're first starting out. So he slanders the word and tries to get the word or the seed out of your ground because without the seed of God's word... You can do nothing. I can do nothing. So um, let's, let's go back to where we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Praise God. I hope this helps. It's sure helping me. It says in verse 7, where Paul says in chapter 12, 2 Corinthians, he said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. So it's not just an abundance of revelation. You could get one revelation. And he may not send... El Kingo of the of the dark realm, he may send imp number 472, but he's going to go and see what you know and see what you have. It's called familiar spirits. We we just uh, they follow us around and they report on what we're doing. We got all excited about something in the word or or something that was shared in church. It's like, wow, I went home and I told somebody and how that was set me free. Listen, you're going to get a visit. Now, here's the key, and this is what we say all the time. The thing that attracted the devil to you, the revelation, is also the very power that will put the devil under. But, like I said this morning, if the gun is loaded and the, gun, and the, and the trigger, the, the, the hammer is back, but if you don't pull the trigger, it's as if you just had a slingshot with a, with a paper wad in it. It's worthless. You've got to pull the trigger on the devil. You come for me because of the word, the word I, that you're coming for, I'm going to use it against you and I'm going to put you down, devil. Greater is he that is in me. I'm going to put you down. So this messenger of Satan is a demon spirit, and it says he came, he was sent uh, as a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Now, that word buffet is just, uh, it means to treat with violence. I'm going to tell you, steal, kill, and destroy is not just a little pressure on your life to back up. He comes with hell. Every demon spirit comes with hell. And there is no limit. There's no mercy. There's no, well, we just don't, we just don't want to overdo anything. They want to do, overdo everything. And you go, why, why is cancer? Why can't people say all the time, why did cancer happen to me? Because it's hell. And you've got revelation, and hell has come to make you to test the word that's sown in your heart. Amen. 
Uh, if, if we had a thousand, they'd all be on their feet right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know y'all have just been here so long. You just like, right, we already know all that. So, uh, and then he said for this thing, verse eight, I, I besought the Lord thrice. Now, how many times have we sought the, besought the Lord and nothing happened? And we backed up and said, I must be doing something wrong. I'm reminded of that scripture. It's in Matthew 18 where because uh, Paul said, I besought the Lord thrice and nothing happened. Remember what the Lord Jesus said? He said, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, backed up and whatever you loose. He didn't say whatever the Lord binds on earth. I sought the Lord three times to come and take this thing away and nothing happened. The Lord said, that's because it's whatever you bind on earth. Remember that story about Brother Hagin saying that he was having a face-to-face talk with the Lord Jesus, that revelation, and that the devil, a little imp, a monkey imp, kept getting in the way and was talking so much in the, in the vision that he couldn't hear the Lord Jesus? And Brother Hagin said that he kept waiting for the Lord to get rid of it so that he could hear this revelation, this thing that God was trying to tell him through the Lord Jesus, and it never would go, and the Lord Jesus would never do anything. And when it was over, he said, Lord, why didn't you get rid of it? He said, I couldn't. It's whatever you bind on earth that's bound. I couldn't do anything about that imp, that devil, that distraction. Lord, I was sitting here trying to listen to you, and you could see this was right here, as if he couldn't in our lives. Is this making sense? It's like, really? God, it's that much is on me? It is. But the power is magnificent. You don't have to hammer the devil. You just talk to him. You minister to him according to faith. And the authority of the name of Jesus takes care of it. Amen. So, uh, uh, whatever you bind on earth. And then look in verse 9. And he said unto you, my grace, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made complete. That word strength is dunamis. My dunamis power, my miracle working power is made complete in weakness. And the word there is frailty. Listen, when we're full of us, there's not room for grace. We got to be emptied out. We got to say, it's not my tough guy stuff. It's the name of Jesus. And as soon as Paul employed the name of Jesus, he was clear. But nothing happened, not even three times in a heavenly vision could he get anything done asking the Lord to do it. Do you think we're going to get any better results? I don't think so. So uh, he, he said, uh, the miracle power of Christ might rest upon me. Verse 10 says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions in distresses. Now, let me tell you what those are. Those are the human experience. Let's let's look at them again. Tell me if this isn't our experience. Reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses. Is that pretty much life in the world? You'll have tribulation that describes it right there. So that's the human experience but he says but when i am weak then i am i strong here is the holy ghost experience empty me out all i have is the name of jesus all i have is the blood of jesus all i have is faith in god he said that'll take care of it it'll blow that into the world off so powerful so good 
So here's my point. God knows that trouble's coming. Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation. Do you all know that God knows when trouble's coming? How far out? Way out. He's already planned the marriage supper of the Lamb to the detail. He already knows where the Antichrist is, the false prophet. The, he already knows all of that. Doesn't cause it, but he knows it. And so he knows exactly where trouble is coming to Madison and to Barry and to Lawrence. He knows the trouble's coming. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to show you something the Lord showed me, and I believe you'll like it. Because there's always a way to win. Woohoo! Now here's the problem: is that we all fell into the Paul, pro, uh, the Paul thinking that said, "I asked the Lord three times to take care of the trouble, the tribulation, and He didn't do anything about it." And so he's weak, or he doesn't care, and I'm hurt that God doesn't care. He could have taken care of this. And if he loved me, he would have, but he didn't, and I don't know what to do with God. I think I'll backslide. Let me just tell you, that's what a lot of Christians do. He knew my baby needed help, and he didn't do anything about it, and my baby died, or my job left, and I just can't serve a God that just can't, can't do better than that. You just won't serve him then, because he's not going to do different than that. This thing is set up a certain way, and it does not change just because you have trouble. Americans think they have troubles. We just hadn't seen what's happening in the Philippines, in Somalia, and, and the, we don't know troubles. Where they're chopping off arms, where they're, where the, yeah. We, we don't know troubles. We don't have any troubles. So if we think God is bad because he doesn't help Americans with troubles, then we don't know why he would not care about people in other nations that have real troubles. Trouble is trouble, I understand. But it's not, he doesn't change for Americans because he didn't change for all the other people either. Amen. Now look in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's a verse that you ought to know about. There, there hath no temptation taken you. So we're in the same vein of tribulation. But such as is common to man. So the devil is limited to things on the earth to come after you with. He can't invent a disease that nobody's ever heard of and just send it to you because there's no cure. He can't suspend the laws of physics or the laws of chemistry or the laws. Of, he cannot do anything. It's got to be in our system. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be also to bear it. Let me tell you how good this is right here. There is no temptation. That word temptation is it's used three times in that verse. And it means in this particular place, it's translated adversity. Uh, there's no adversity taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you. The word suffer you there means leave you alone. Say it with me. Leave me alone. When trouble or adversity or an experience comes, God will, he says, I will not leave you alone. This is a very volatile, a very caustic verse for a lot of people because of what it promises that people have uh, not understood. So he says who will not suffer you or leave you alone to be attempted, but uh, 
above that ye are able, but will with the temptation. Now, right there, we're talking about that Mark chapter 4. When the, when, the, when the word is sown in your heart, immediately Satan cometh to, to uh, remove or take the word that's sown in your heart. Immediately when trouble comes here, look, there's a reaction to the devil. And that reaction, what does it say there? It says, uh, with the temptation, also make a way to escape. So there's an F-22 in the air when there's a bomber flying by Alaska. There's a God has dispatched whatever it takes. I'm using that as a, it's kind of a lame comparison, but we get it. There's a reaction. We, we had them on the radar a thousand miles out, but when they got within 200 miles, we were there and load, locked and loaded, ready to go. God's kingdom. When trouble comes, God knew about it coming a long time ago. Come on. Nothing's come on you as a surprise to heaven. It was a surprise to us, but it didn't even have to be a surprise to us. If we're in the spirit, we can sense this thing. I watched a program last night where uh, it talked about a woman's intuition and how women were saying, you know, we need to, we need to listen to that. If we want to get along in this world, you know, women's intuition is, is something we have. And it was, you know, it was real good. We have Christian intuition. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. And we ought to know things. But even if we don't, God does. Look what it says. It says, uh, uh, but with the temptation will also make a way to escape. The word there literally just means an exit. That ye may be able to bear it. The word bear it there is not a suffering word. It means to be unaffected. Now, here's life. You and I are taken in the word. It's sown into our heart. Immediately the devil comes to steal the word that's sown in our heart. And he's going to take it violently if he can. He's going to bring steal, kill, and destroy to get the word. So distract you. You know, all of a sudden your kid falls down at school and it's got to go to the doctor. And then all of a sudden another kid's throwing up in the back seat. And, and all of a sudden the boss calls and says, you got to work this weekend. And it's like, what is all this? He comes immediately to steal the word with steal, kill, and destroy. That's how it happens for you and me. And you'd say, well, I don't want to be a Christian. But see, greater is he that is in us. There's a power to completely build a shield around your life. But if you don't put up the shield, you're toast. You have a, you have a tough Christian life. If you're a carnal Christian, if you know enough to get you in but don't know enough to get you out, you have a tough Christian life. Lots and lots do. Their lives are no different than sinners. They divorce, they're sick, they're broke at the same rate as sinners because they just know enough to attract the devil, but they don't push it enough. They don't let the word stay in them. They don't protect the word to grow up thereby and have power to live above his trouble. Let me get back to this. Um, this word that ye are able, let me find out where I am. That ye, that may, a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And the word there, like I said, is uh, 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 be unaffected. Now, here's, here's how it really works. Um, the Lord sees it coming, and because he's not magic, he, he starts preparing you and I 
for a way of escape that we will be unaffected. Get that. He sees it coming before we even see it coming because he's a good father. He starts preparing you and I for that trouble. You go, well, why doesn't God just fix the trouble? If he sees it coming, why doesn't he just, you know, that's not the kingdom. That's not the way the kingdom works. Paul was not immune. Really? Was he immune? He was not immune. He was, he was God's man of faith and power, going to write a third of the New Testament, and the devil came, a messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh, and God couldn't or wouldn't, you know, he couldn't, he wouldn't because he couldn't do anything about it. He had to do it through Paul. And you and I are no different. So the Lord sees trouble coming. Sees it coming. And by Holy Spirit, if we're in prayer, if we're praying in the Holy Ghost, something will come up. We sense it in our nation when something's going on in the spirit realm, that uh, something's going on in the nation or in the state. Aren't y'all glad that our prayers, somebody's prayers, got our state government straightened out? And hadn't it been a mess? God's man or whatever, you know, all of a sudden went the wrong way and went down the wrong road and, and that which was done in secret was brought to the light. But somebody had to pray that out. It doesn't just happen because it's the right thing for God to do. Someone had to pray that out without even knowing. Sheila, Bahasida, Bahasi, stuff starts getting straightened out. I was reading the other day uh, in 2015 how they launched a major assault in Alabama to get us in the lottery. A major thing to align us with other states, their, their Powerballs and their whatever thing. And how it just, just at the last second, they ran out of time in the legislature and it couldn't get on the, on the agenda. And then the next time they met, they, the, those, those uh, principles that were involved in getting it launched weren't there to get it relaunched, and it just kind of fell apart. You go, well, that's coincidental, or that's... No, that's what we're praying out that God knows in advance that he tells us inside when we pray, when, we, when we're quiet. Things in your family are the same way. You go, well, I don't want to pray a bunch. And you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trouble. And you're going to have to work it out. It's going to take a bunch, too. So he, back to this. So the God, knows, God knows what's coming, and he starts, listen, this is the word we don't like. He starts preparing us to win, because there's always a way to win. He starts putting the word in you. He starts drawing us to prayer. He starts putting us in meetings where what we need to hear is said. He starts taking us to scriptures. We go, ooh, that fits what I've been feeling inside. Oh, I wonder what that means. It's a weapon that we that we raise in the hour of need that puts the 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 devil down. So this thing where he's talking about my grace is sufficient for you, that grace is the power, the dunamis power of God that comes to us to prepare us. Now, I talked about earlier, I got to quit here, about being preppers. It's not that it's hard to be a prepper. The prepper lives a secure life. We're not in fear like the natural preppers, but we're here to help others get through their life because they didn't prepare. 
We're not those people that say, we prepared, you didn't, nananny nu nu. We say, we prepared so that we could be a blessing. Come on up into me. My life, I'm bought with a price. Let me give you my life to help you get bought with a price. Uh, this isn't me for me. Jesus did this for me. I'm going to do this for you. That's who we are. And if you get caught up into anything, well, this is my own life and I deserve this and I'm important too, then you got away from grace. You don't know what happened to your sins and how, how <laughs> you couldn't do anything about your life until he rescued us. We get away from that sometimes when we grow up in God. Like, well, I'm my own man, and I know something, and I, I, I did this, and I worked hard, and I, I, I prepared and learned all this, and I shouldn't have to do it for these slackers that just came along at the last minute. It's not what Jesus taught. He will reward us at the appropriate time. There will be a reward, but it's just not now. Now, one more scripture. Can I just go one more time? This will be real quick. John 16, and we'll quit. John 16, verse 12. Now, grace, where he says, my grace is sufficient for you, grace is working impossibilities out. It's we have a way of thinking. Every one of us have a way of thinking. And grace is what works wrong thinking out. Grace is what works kingdom. Nothing is impossible. Works it in. We got to be immersed in grace all the time. God, in my weakness, I am made strong. I don't know anything, even though I think I know something. Lord, I don't know anything. Grace says, since you don't know anything, let me put the truth in you. And all of a sudden, we're in places and in front of things that teach us things that will be so powerful in our lives concerning money, concerning healing, concerning everything. So grace is working junk out. This is hard. And working blessing in. Nothing's impossible to him who believes. I can lay hands on the sick and bless God. They will recover. They will recover. This cancer, it is no problem. That's a high place to live. It's a good place to live. It's the place we're supposed to live. But look what it says in John. I got to go. I got to quit here. John 16, 12, it says, I have, Lord Jesus told his disciples, I have yet many things to say unto you. But ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Did he come? He came. He will. So he, we could say he is. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Look, look, look. And he will show you things to come. We go back to that scripture we just looked at. It says he will take you to a place of safe landing. He will exit you to a place where you are unaffected. Whoa, Lord, that's my Holy Spirit, you said. He will tell you of things to come. Nobody knows they're coming, but Holy Spirit knows they're coming. And he will start prepping you, preparing you. Getting you off of the world and off of, I just got to get insurance and we got to dig us a big uh, storage place for all this food and I got to get guns and I got to get garrisoned in, all that stuff that's of no avail. And say, you know, I, I need to spend my time in the Word of God because that's where the life is. 
And I need to spend some time in prayer because Holy Spirit's going to show me things to come and I'm going to know. And when trouble comes, because trouble will come, I'll be unaffected. He will take me to an exit where I will be unaffected. That's where it, what it means when it says a, uh, um, I forget the word now. Uh, what was that word? That you'll be able to bear it. It means that you'll be unaffected. Not that you're like, oh, somehow we're able to bear this trouble. He said, no, I'm going to take you to a place where you'll, you'll be unaffected. It's like, really? Uh, a tornado that came through uh, uh, Alabama? Well, it went around Tuscaloosa because he told us how to take authority over the storm, and it just lifted up, went around, broke up, dissipated, and, and, and turned to nothing. And did you know we hadn't had any in Alabama, but specifically Tuscaloosa County, since we got on this? And he wants us to get on cancer and get on MS and get on CP, get on things that are affecting our city and our state. He wants us just to be able to take authority. Well, there's so few of us. But if we're strong, it won't matter how few. Strength is always greater in few than it is in many. Weakness in many is not as great as strength in few. Of course, we're going for strength in many. Hallelujah. We're not saying this is enough. We don't need any more. But we should have every one of us as elders that, like I called Melissa and said, I need you to take care of this this morning. You've got 20 minutes to get ready. You know, she got ready. And she brought it. And all of us should be able to do that. One time in our church in Seminole, I talked to a man during the message. I just stopped and I said, Joe Taylor, stand up and prophesy. He wasn't happy about that. It challenged him and made him take offense at me personally. But after he got over that, I mean, we all just waited on him. I didn't let go. I just was in there. He got up and he prophesied the word of the Lord. It was, you know, what, and we all ought to be able to do that. Well, what would be the use of that? You will be prepared for a day that has never showed itself. We got stuff to do down the road that he's going to have to prep us for. We don't even know those devils that, uh, that are called a thorn in the flesh. We don't even know. We couldn't bear them right now. So he's prepping us right now. And part of the prepping was getting over the numbers that we have and saying, woe is me and oh mine, what's this? Getting our eyes off of anything that would distract, anything that's irrelevant, anything that is not got anything to do with kingdom and the purpose. We just go, well, all that matters is that Jesus paid the full price and I'm fully loaded. I'm in. That's all that matters. What other people do, we shouldn't be affected in our life by what other people do. Only what Holy Spirit does. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That was good, y'all. That was a good... That, the Lord gave me that. I, 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 I preached that at Double Portion, and it just... Uh, it's a marvelous thing to know. I know we already knew it, but it's like, really, Lord, you're that good. He is so good. So let's just stand up and lift a hand before heaven this morning. And thank Holy Spirit. Thank Jesus that he so sees down the road and so is prepping us 
and so getting us ready before the trouble even gets here. He, he starts out way ahead and says, I see that thing coming. I'm going to get you ready so that when it's over, you, were, you will be unaffected. Lord, thank you for your mercy. Your grace is sufficient for us. We take hold of the will and plan of God for our personal lives and as a family together. Oh, Lord, you're good. And I praise you. We exalt you. We give you all the praise that, Lord, not only are you getting us through this, but we're growing and we're getting victorious through this trouble. Troubles come, and, Lord, the trouble is making us stronger without affecting us negatively. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anybody need us to lay hands on you or to pray for you this morning? Anybody? Got any trouble lurking around? Because you know we can do it. Anybody have a, a word uh, to say in the Holy Ghost? Amen. Well, let's just pray. Let's just say, let's just spend one minute in the Holy Ghost just together. See if there's anything out there. Praise God. Anybody have anything? Uh, Barry and Melissa, I see this clearly. The word of the Lord to you, thus saith the Lord. I have cleared your path and I have made a way. For surely you have been faithful over little, and I have set you up and prepared the house whereby you will be masters over much. The house of my glory, the house of my pleasure, the house of my will for your life. And I will set your feet on a good and a mighty place. And from there you will see all about you. You will see in a place in a way that you've not seen before. For the distractions of this place have held you back temporarily. But now you will see and you will know, and therefore you will go. So I will fund this, I will set your place in order, and I will take you to a direction that though this may be the way that they, they should say you should go, this is my plan to get you where I say you should go. And it will be a pleasure to me, and it will be a benefit to you, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Ooh, hallelujah. Let's lay hands on Justin right here. Lord, come over here and lay hands on him with me in Jesus' name. Praise God. You say it first, Lawrence. Oh, my. Amen. Amen. And indeed, saith God, I, I will take the things that are offensive and I will bring glory to them. I will take the base things and I will exalt them. And in your weakness, saith God, indeed strength has been delivered and imputed unto you. And you will find yourself operating systematically, administrating the things of the Spirit without knowledge and understanding of how these things have always worked. I will put you in charge of things beyond your knowledge 
and you will operate in them until you can get caught up in what you are doing. I will set things uh, uh, straight. I will... I will set things in order. That's it. I will set things in order for your life for you to come into a higher level and you will grow thereby, saith God, and I will use you in these days. You are qualified by your heart and by your heart I will take you up, saith God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Anybody else? Woohoo. You got something, Melissa, Barry, Eric, Anita? All right. Going, going, gone. I adjourn this meeting, and I say we'll meet Wednesday night.